Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fans from the Stands. This is Lucky episode number 13. 13. I'm Mickey. It's with my co-host, Ivan. Hey, guys. Well, Ivan, it's been a... I don't think you got asked for a better week for a, if you're a Jays fan. No, it's been a fantastic week. Uh, the Jays won way more games than they lost. Yeah, they only lost one game. Yeah, against Phillies. Yeah, this past week. So it's been a... We got a jam-packed episode for everybody. It's a lot of a lot of Jays talk, a lot of talk from our, our around the league, our around the horn segment, and uh, we'll just take a little recap uh, of this this week. So Ivan, they we started off the week uh, playing the team we seem to own. Yeah, the Braves. The Braves. Like I didn't I didn't think they'd uh, they'd roll over the Braves so easily this year, but I guess. I don't know. If, I don't know if the Braves are, Braves are having a, just a down year or what's going on in Braveland, but uh, our friend but it, Richard can't be having much much fun. No, no, we kind of poked fun at him on our uh, on our Facebook page, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we got that much material. Yeah. <laughs> on Tuesday, May eleventh, that was the uh, the first game of the series. Toronto beat the Braves five to three. That was the night we were we were recording our podcast. Robbie Ray, the new and improved Robbie Ray, goes six innings. 10 strikeouts. Best part again is, drum roll please. There it is. Zero walks. The guy's dominant this year. He is pitching like a, a new man. A new like, man. I, I, I don't think Arizona would have let him go had they known he'd be pitching like this. No. He, and his, his grunts seem to be working. Yep. <laughs> tight pants are giving him energy. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, he's pitching really well. And you know what? I, I got to tip my cap to uh, to Pete Walker because I think he has a lot to do with that. And uh, I think I think uh, Robbie Ray has has mentioned that uh, that Pete Walker had identified a few things to tweak, and it seems to be working. Well, I think I think the MVP of the Jays this year should be Pete Walker because what he's done with this ragtag bunch of arms uh, has made them right now they're second in the American League East. Depending on what happens the next couple of games against Boston, you could be looking at the first place Toronto Blue Jays yep. with a starting rotation of Ryu, great. Robbie Ray, who led the league in walks two years ago, when he pitched 31 innings and then gave up 30 walks, or no, he pitched 30 innings, <laughs> gave up 31 walks. Yeah, Steven Matz, who had an ERA of what, over six, almost yeah. seven. And then Ross Stripling. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not really naming you know high quality pitchers here. No, it's not like we're saying Cole Garrett Cole or yeah or uh, Verlander or anything. Greg Maddox or, or Tom Glavin <laughs> and uh, you know it's, this isn't uh, this isn't Leo Mazzoni's Atlanta Braves from the '90s. This is this is some ragtag bunch of arms that Pete Walker is doing a hell of a job converting into starters. Yeah. So then the the 12th of May, the Toronto Blue Jays go up and they win four to one. Uh, Ryu pitches again, dominant. He could be the Jays MVP. I, I wouldn't argue that. Seven no. innings pitched, one earned run, six strikeouts, one walk. And that game, Teoscar Hernandez hits two home runs. Yeah. He's, uh, he'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later as well. He's looking like he's refreshed. He's, he's, he came off that COVID stint. Uh, yeah, he's got some power. That, he makes that lineup dangerous. He does. And Ryu uh, pitching like Ryu does. And as, as I'm talking, the first two games, they Ray, six innings pitched, Ryu, seven inning pitched. That's the kind of starts we need to save that bullpen, right? Exactly. Exactly. And May May thirteenth, Jays win again. 
eight to four over the Braves for the sweep. Ross Stripling, five innings pitched, four hits, nine strikeouts. Nine strikeouts, eh? Yeah, for Ross Stripling. I mean, I, and I don't think I, I really don't think I think once the the dust settles in the season, we start calling up some players from AAA. I don't think Ross Stripling will be a starter. I would he'd probably be a long man out of the bullpen. I, I think. I mean, even when he pitches, he, he's your classic number five guy. He'll eat you some innings, but I don't think he's anything special. Yeah, he, he's never one to, like, put you at ease. No. Because <laughs> like, it always seems like he's got somebody on base, whether it's a hit or a walk. And... Yeah, and his curveball isn't – I mean, if his curveball's not sharp that day, it's hanging and it's sometimes it's up in the zone. It's just – but you know what? He's good for right now. We'll take him. I'll, I'll yeah. take five innings and, and four hit ball. And then uh, the fourteenth uh, of May, we, uh, we we welcome the Phillies into. I was going to say Toronto. We welcome the <laughs> Phillies into Dunedin, and uh, lose uh, five to one. Matt's pitched well though. Matt's yes. five innings and Oren runs and nine strikeouts. So that was when our bullpen kind of imploded yeah, a little bit. It, it yeah, you could tell that they were getting fatigued. I mean, that was uh, you know four games in a row at that point. So. I mean, and they've been dominant all year. You, you can, I mean, I, I actually, I remember this game specifically because I was working day shift the next day. I couldn't stay up to watch the whole game. I think it was a six inning, went to bed and it was one nothing Jays. And I thought, well, with a bullpen, we got this, no problem. And then we lost 5-1. Yeah. And then the 15th of May, uh, we uh, win 4 nothing. Anthony K starts the game, goes four innings, gives a one-hit ball, no one runs. So, again, the bullpen shuts them down and Jays pick up the win and, and the next and, day and Anthony K was looking great. Yeah. You know what? And he, he looked like he did in spring training. Yeah. We were talking when he was in spring training, how he was throwing darts and we thought, well, maybe he'll be the fifth starter. And that was the Anthony K we I think we were kind of expecting when the, when the, when the year started and he hasn't looked, I don't think he's looked bad this year. His ERA doesn't, doesn't match that, but yeah. he's had a couple, he's given up a couple of bombs, I think that have kind of hurt his ERA, but He's overall, I think he he looks he looks great. And last game he looked he looked dominant. Yeah. And then the 16th of May, uh, Toronto, we uh, had an eight nothing lead. <laughs> Robbie Ray pitched well, uh, five and two thirds, seven hits, four earned runs, nine strikeouts, only one walk. Still not bad. It was I think it was he gave up. A, the wind was blowing out, wasn't it? To right field, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was a really weird game. It was one of those games when I was watching it. We, even when we were up eight nothing, I just thought it wasn't safe. And credit to the Phillies, they came back and made it a game. But uh, and and the Jays gave up a bunch of errors also. Yeah, they kind of booted the ball around a little bit. Just when you thought it was safe to hit the <laughs> ball to the left side of the infield. Uh, yeah, and well, maybe we could talk about that now. I guess. It, it's funny we had that conversation about uh, two weeks ago about the Jays' defense, and I was just trying to argue the fact that you move, forget it, move Bichette to second base. I've had enough, and then put Simeon at short, and then all of a sudden things settled down. Yep, he looks. I mean, he's making every play, not an error, and then throws are sharp. Yeah, throws are really good, and I love. I I don't know about you, but seeing Espinal at third base, oh. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's. I don't. When there's a ground ball to the left side and goes to third base, I don't. My heart doesn't skip a beat. I don't lose my breath. It's I, I, it's almost a, a, a sure out. Yeah, and, and to his credit, Kevin Biggio hasn't looked too bad in the last week or so. No, no, but it's just it's not his home position. That's not his position. 
He's a second baseman, right? Yes, yes. And uh, espinal has got an arm. He's got a strong arm, good glove. I don't know. He's hitting number three hundred. I and I, I don't I don't know what your thoughts on Joe Panic are, but I mean, he's on the IL right now. If Joe Panic didn't come back to the Jays and Espinal was their utility guy, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too, because he can play. He's he can truly play every spot. They're kind of making Joe Panic a second baseman, play third base and second. He hasn't looked comfortable at third, and Espinal looks great. So yeah, see, like Espinal is a natural shortstop, so he's got the strong arm to get the ball yeah. across the diamond. So playing him at third is fine, and you yeah. play him at second because second is basically shortstop with a shorter throw. Right. And I'm sure if you absolutely needed to, you could probably stick him in one of the corner outfield positions. Oh, probably right. Like he's, I mean, he's got a good arm. He's young and athletic too. So. Young, athletic. He, he'll make the. I mean. So I'll just, we'll just, I guess we'll just finish this last game. So yesterday's game, Toronto wins 8-0 over the first place Boston Red Sox. Ryu pitches a gem again. Seven innings, four hits, seven strikeouts, no walks. And that seems to be a trend. Can we so, talk about how many hits the Jays had yesterday? How many? Yeah, how many were there? 16? Oh, it was, yeah, I think it was close to 18. I'm still waiting for my, uh, my internet to kind of refresh here. But it was... I was just sitting there and I'm like, it seemed like there was somebody on base all the time. They, and it started, the game started off with a base set up the middle by Simeon, right? Yeah. It seemed to be, it was only one nothing until about the fifth inning. But you knew it was just a matter of time because they were hitting the ball hard. Yeah. Yeah. They, they played the Red Sox really well. If that's the first place Boston Red Sox, I, I think the Jays match up pretty well against them. And to be fair, like this has been a really tough, tough schedule for the Jays. I think they, if you had to go strength of schedule like, like they do in football, Jays would have a really high, high ranked schedule because their schedule has been, I mean, they've played um, the Yankees twice. The, you know, the, well, I guess the Angels aren't great. Kansas City was in first place at the time. Tampa Bay, uh, they're going to be playing Houston again, Oakland. Well, they played Houston, tough, tough team. They're playing Tampa Bay again. They're playing the Yankees. They're going to be in Cleveland. I mean, it's not an easy schedule. They haven't played like the bottom dwellers yet. They haven't played the Twins. They haven't played the Tigers. You know, they haven't played the Orioles. Right. So these are, I mean, their their record, which I think is twenty three and seventeen or twenty three and eighteen right now, is pretty good for this for the schedule they've had. It really is. So, anything that's sticking out in your mind about uh, about these Jays this past week? Or just overall, just so far this season? Just overall, um, what I'm noticing, so you'll notice the power numbers have kind of gone down. Yeah. But it seems like all of the players are going with the pitch that's thrown to them. You'll notice a lot of hits up the middle, uh, the other way over, you know, if you're righty, they're hitting over second base or through the, you know, through the gap between first and second. And that's the type of baseball I miss. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of the you know the teams nowadays are just kind of going for the home run all the time. Right, and that's and, yeah, less contact, more home runs. You're and you're right. They're and pull right. Yeah, that's why, that's why there's a shift. And I think. Uh, not, I don't give a lot. I don't give a lot of credit to Buck Martinez, but uh, <laughs> yesterday he mentioned it. I mean, I think teams are starting, or players are starting to figure out that if you want to base it, you're going to have to hit against the shift. And that's what the Jays are doing. If the pitch is outside, they're not trying to pull it, not rolling over on it. Yep. They're hitting where the pitch is, and they're hitting where the where the open part of the field is. I still don't understand, and I 
when they're when they're playing a shift, why a pitcher pitches outside. Right? <laughs> like you've got this entire part of the right. Why are you even going over there? You should be jamming the guy inside, especially if you're a player. You've got three guys in the infield. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things I noticed. I thought for sure. I, I mean, I, there's a couple of games where the Jays bullpen uh, looked almost human. Uh, but this week, they, I, I calculated the stats and they had a 209 ERA over 23 innings. Only gave up 20 hits. Uh, 14 walks, which is a little high. But 26 strikeouts. I mean, their bullpen is still dominating. They're starting pitching, starting to pitch past five. Guriel is actually starting to hit a little bit now. Yeah, so he had a good game the other day. So so let's talk about one guy that is starting to hit a little bit. Danny Jansen. Danny Jansen. <laughs> the guy we've been talking about all year, and I thought, give loses should lose his job. Kirk should be catching. <laughs> But man, he's picked up his average almost 100 points. Yeah. He's batting 143, which doesn't sound <laughs> still below Mendoza. Line. Actually, it was hard to say, and I was, that was, that was hard to formulate that sentence. Still batting, <laughs> still batting, yeah, batting 143. So he's not batting his weight, but still, he's to go up 100 points for where he was and his credit going over 30, what, 36, 37? Yeah. And he's looking like, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard again, still uh, calling a good game. I mean, he's, he's doing well. And Reese Tug McGuire <laughs> batting 333. Yep. Like, so Danny Jansen, since the beginning of May, is hitting yeah. two, 250. So that's, that's how he managed to get his ERA up or his uh, average up. Yeah. And, um, and his, uh, OPS is well over seven, so it's at seven seven seventy seven, which shows that he's hitting with power. And the league average is what uh, like six six eighty six yeah, ninety or something. So like he's hitting over league average. Yeah. Uh, even Calvin Biggio now is he's got his on base uh, over three thirty, I think now. He's still batting low two hundreds, but it's the on base when when Calvin Biggio is right. I think his his on base goes up, right? Obviously, yeah. he's got that he's got that great eye. I just uh, I, I think I think for Calvin, I think he was trying to do too much to the plate at the start of the season. He was trying to be aggressive. You could see that he was swinging at the first pitch. Uh, that's not his game. No, I mean his game is to take walks, get on base, and he's starting to do that again. And I mean his 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 average is showing it, right? Reese McGuire, I'm I'm happy for him. <laughs> Like, same, same. I, I am too. And and you know what? What helps is that he's a left-handed bat. Yeah. So if you need to play the platoon where you've got a, you know, a tough righty that's tough on right-handed hitters, then you throw a Reese McGuire, and he's he's a solid defensive catcher, and he's yeah. hitting a little right now, which is great. And you know what? For the all the garbage he's gone through, it's his on it. It's his own fault. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's his own fault what he did, and uh, but he's. No, he's put that behind him and yeah, he's batting, he's, he's batting well. He's calling a decent game. I mean, this is kind of the tandem that the Jays thought they'd have when they, uh, when these guys are coming out the minors. I mean, even if Kirk comes back, I could see Kirk going to triple a still has options. And if Reese and Danny are holding the fort, why would you even bring them up? Well, exactly. So there's an, a rumor that came out today through the, uh, the baseball world. Uh, Jose, apparently the Jays, I don't know if the Jays are actually looking at this or this is just a, a sports writer trying to throw a little bit of news in, in, uh, in Twins and Jays land. But I guess uh, Jose Barrios, who plays the last place Twins in the, in the, in the uh, American League Central, 
could be traded. He's a starting pitcher. He's got an ERA around 370. 26 year old. Well, still one more year of control before he goes, uh, before he's arbitration eligible. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, he's going to be expensive. So right. it all depends on what the twins would want in return. Right. I mean, if we have some internal options, I hate to say internal options because like, we don't know what Alec Manoa is going to do once he gets to the majors. Right. right. But if he keeps pitching the way he is in AAA, he's going to force the Jays' hand. And you bring him up, he's younger, throws harder. He's basically could be your Jose Barrios. Right. I, I agree. I think, I mean, we, I think we talked, we talked about this last week. If, if Manoa has three more starts, still dominant, he's going to get called up. I mean, what else are they going to do with him? They can't just keep him. There's no point in keeping him in AAA. Well, not if you're you're basically piecemealing a, a starting rotation together. The starting pitching is something they absolutely need. So. Yeah, and he's and he's dominant, right? Yeah. Mind you, the only and we talked about this again. The only thing I'm worried about is, uh, I mean, Nate Pearson looked dominant last year, and he came up in majors, and we've he's back in the IL. <laughs> I, I, I I'm hoping this isn't a. I'm hoping he gets this all out of his system this year, and then he's. Uh, healthy for the rest of his career, but man, he's back on the IL with a pinched, pinched nerve in his neck. Maybe that was the cause of his, his control issues in Houston. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he gets that figured out. But anyways, yeah, I, Jose Barrios would be a great addition. Even if you get him, I mean, if you get him and then you call Manoa, I mean, that's a good three, four punch. Oh yeah. Your rotation, but you're right. It all depends. This is, and, and, and no one's saying that this is, the Jays are in discussions or I think this was just thrown out there that the Jays could be looking at. Yeah. The, the way I read the article was, you know, whenever there's a team that's like the bottom of the barrel, then yeah. you start looking at who do they have that they could deal for prospects. And one of those options was Jose Barrios basically because of his age. So he's still young, still controllable for a while. He's the type of people or the type of pitcher that uh, people would want to get for their team. And I'm not a twins fan, but if I'm a, <laughs> If I'm the Twins, why would I? I don't know if I'd make that trade. I mean, starting pitching is hard to find. Yeah. He still has one year of control. You're only one year. Last year, you were first place in the American League Central, I think, or the wild card. You made the playoffs, anyways. Uh, well, why are you why are you selling that big of an asset? Like, unless you get something pretty big in return. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Yankees made that deal. I mean. <laughs> Uh, they could, they can afford it. I mean, I, I, it'd be nice to have, I just, I, I have a, uh, I depend, it all depends on what you give up. Right. Yeah. I, I don't want to give up our top prospects. I think we have just, just give it time. I think we have some pitches in the. Well, and that's, and that's the thing. It's not like our cupboards bare. No. Right. And, and they, they took a long time to build all this prospect capital. Right. Yeah. It, and we don't want to just throw that away yeah. again. We've done that in 2015. Oh, uh, I st- still have nightmares. Uh, <laughs> Noel Syndergaard would look would look great in the Jays uniform right now. Not right now; he's injured. But well, he looks like he'd look like Nate Pearson <laughs> with longer hair. Uh, but uh, I, I, yeah, I I, w- I hate to give up our prospects that early. I mean, I think I I, I don't know. We'll, we'll 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 see what happens. I don't think there's a lot of rush. There's not a. I mean, not we're not we're not in any position that we got to make that deal right away. Well, exactly. Uh, I think we can, we can hold off on it. Wait. 
Uh, and if it comes down to all-star break and the Jays are fighting for first in the East, maybe you look a little closer to it. I, I don't know. Anything else you see in the Jays this week? Um, you know what? I, I just, uh, I just can't say enough about their hitting. I mean, yeah. I was, I was looking at their stats and if you look at the starting lineup, all right, you've got Vlad Guerrero, who's leading the pack at 329 average. Right. Then you've got Teo Oscar Hernandez, who's hitting 305. Then you've got Randall Grichik, who's hitting 277. And I think he's hitting 400 with runners in scoring position. Yeah. And then you've got Bo Bichette, 274. Marcus Simeon, 273. Like, this is a good hitting team right now and you can't say more than that i mean it's what's just, one what's the one name you haven't mentioned yet george, uh, springer. george springer hasn't yeah exactly yeah like that's gonna be this is gonna be a fun team to watch it will be and uh especially when Springer comes but i haven't heard any updates on george springer so i i read today that he's doing some running it's like deja vu all over again <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's doing some running skills uh he was hitting in the cage so that of course you know, you don't require too much of your quads. It's the running that really aggravates the quads. So he's doing some running exercises. I don't know when he's going to be back. I, I don't want them to rush it. Like, really, let's be honest. If it takes him till the end of June to get fully healthy, then give him till the end of June. I don't yeah. want him to come back next week, re-aggravate, go out for another two weeks, come back and uh, I'm just sick and tired of this. Yeah, just, you're right. I would just, uh, let's get him healthy. Even if it takes, even if you, even if you give him the extra week. Yeah, we have the horses. We like let's just you know whatever. Well, I, I I heard that this year they're not this year, but this time they're gonna actually get them to do a, a rehab stint. Oh really? Eh? Oh, so, I guess they, they, because they can, right? I guess Triple yeah. A is open, so that that would make sense. And you see how he plays the outfield. I uh, yeah, and we we didn't mention again. We are this is how good me and Ivan are are predicting the future. <laughs> Say prognosticators. I said it right this time. Yeah. We're actually really good at predicting the future because Palacios got hit in the hand in AAA because of a wild pitch. Yeah. And what did we say? What have we said the past few weeks? This is going to keep happening and happening and happening. Yeah. Pitchers, we'll about, sorry, pitchers are not controlling their pitches. And we'll talk about that in our next segment. Yeah. How's that for a segue? Yeah. Our around the horn segment where we talk a little bit about What's going on around the league, not just in Blue Jay land? So let's 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 keep in this uh, this this topic. Yeah. We talked for the past few uh, few weeks about pitchers not being able to control their uh, their pitches. General managers seem to be, seem to be favoring high velocity over control. And we talked about George Plot. I think it's George Palacios. Uh, uh, Josh. Josh. George. Josh. I call him George. His friends call him George. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Palacios gets hit in the hand of a pitch because of a wild pitch. And then, uh, not last night, the night before, uh, former Blue Jay, Kevin Pillar, gets a 94-mile-an-hour pitch right in the face. Right in the face. It was sickening sounding. Ugh. Like, you can't – you just – and for those of you uh, listening on the podcast, if you hear my dog barking, that's that's my 16-and-a-half-year-old dog. <laughs> Uh, upset that she's outside the door but anyways uh yeah that that sound was it's how did you put it before the podcast yeah i i told my son i'm like you should have heard the sound it was gross it, it, like a ball when it hits a bat it makes a crack sound 
Well, if you mix the crack sound with wet sponge, that's the sound that you got when it hit Kevin Pillar's face. So Ugh. that paints a pretty picture. It, was, and then he, and he, as he gets up off the ground, there's just blood, just like a river out, yeah. out of his nose. And but because he because he's Kevin Pillar, yeah, he gets up mm-hmm. and walks walks away under his own under his own power. Yeah, that guy should have been a football player or a hockey player. High <laughs> school hockey player. Yeah, he. That his his tolerance his pain tolerance is incredible and the, I think again it's very similar to what uh, Bryce Harper did with a pitcher that hit him in the face. Pilar called he was, he was more he was more worried about the pitcher that hit him than he was about himself. Yeah, I mean he he said he just hopes the guy has still has confidence to throw throw inside and he's one of these things that happens and. I, I don't know how he does. If I got hit in the face a 94 mile an hour fastball, I don't know if I'd be as yeah late. <laughs> and, and, and you could see like the, there was concern. I mean, like obviously when you hit somebody in the face, it's always a terrible thing. And then to see him kind of roll and bend forward and see that blood pouring out, uh, like that pitcher just turned green. Like it oh. was just like, ugh, that because sick feeling, right? Because you're, you're, you're responsible. You were responsible for that. There's no one else. Yeah. Like, it wasn't Kevin Pillar's fault. It wasn't the catcher's fault. That was all on, him that's yeah. really cool the ball i it was and then to see kevin pilar's face today with the two black eyes and <laughs> kleenex up his nose and his uh, i guess he's got multiple uh nose nasal, fractures yeah, nasal, nasal fractures yeah uh, his it looks like it looks like he got hit in the face <laughs> with a baseball uh it's not not a pretty sight but uh, i hope I, I i wish kevin pilar all the all the luck in the world hope he gets well soon and yeah, back on the field speedy recovery yeah he uh he'll never breathe right through his nose again <laughs> what's that he'll never breathe right through his nose ever no, again <laughs> no i've broken my nose four times so i know <laughs> do you have a, did you get hit in the face of the ball yes once a basketball oh <laughs> fair enough uh, was it 94 miles an hour? No, no. <laughs> uh, moving around the league, here's a really interesting story coming out of uh, Chicago. The White Sox. So the White Sox are playing the Twins, and how most games go for the Twins this year, they're losing. Big time. Big time. It's 15 to 4. Uh, the Twins put a position player on the mound because just that's what teams do just to save their bullpen so they don't. They don't ruin a guy's arm when they're up when they're losing by eleven runs. Yeah. So this guy goes on the mound, starts throwing meatballs. Forty-seven miles an hour. That's the uh, the top rate is forty-seven miles an hour. He goes three and zero. Now this is where the story gets interesting. So again, to set the scene, the White Sox are up fifteen to four. They're batting. Your mean Mercedes for the White Sox is at the plate. Three and zero position player pitching for the Twins. And depends who you listen to. The White Sox told your main Mercedes, they get him assigned to, to, to hold, not swing, right? Yeah. Well, he swung. And he crushed it. And he connected with 105, 105.77 exit velocity, crushed a home run. Uh, so made to make the game 16 to 4. So this is where, this is where baseball differs from a lot of sports, right? And this will be an interesting conversation, I think. And I, I, I would be really curious to what people that are listening to this podcast think. Again, reach us on our Facebook page or you can email us at fansfromthestands at gmail.com. 
I, I'm really interested in what people's takes are on the unwritten rules of baseball. So here's what's gone on the past couple of days. Tony La Russa, who is the manager of the White Sox, basically said he uh, Mercedes will be taken care of in-house. Kind of, in-house. We're going to discipline him. And he didn't say it's because that it's because he he ignored the take sign and swung on a three and zero pitch, or it's because of this unwritten rule in baseball where if you're up by that many runs, you don't swing at three and zero pitches. Specifically, if there's a position player on the mound. Yeah. So the next game, the Twins throw behind him. It was a sinker ball behind him, and then the pitcher for the Twins gets tossed. I don't know why. Like. <laughs> Give them both a warning that, you know, your point's been made, done. Uh, so, Ivan, what do you think about, the, first of all, this situation, and what do you think about these unwritten rules in baseball? Well, okay, so let's. I'm going to start with the unwritten rules. Um, okay. There are so many of them. I think they really ought to start writing them down. <laughs> well, and it's funny, so it's, I'll interrupt you just for a second. It's funny to say that because I was like, I know a couple, right? Like, we've all... And I'll talk about this when I speak about what I think about the unwritten rules. But I mean, I, I know a couple. I knew one was, you know, you, you you don't bunt to break up a no hitter. Yeah, guys throwing a no hitter, and I saw it. This happened. I know about I want to say a good ten years ago, where a, a guy bunted on a, in the seventh inning of a no hitter. They got him out, um, but still, it was you know it causes big controversy. So don't bunt to break up a no hitter. And these are all on in Wikipedia, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> They do not. It says, do not swing at a, on a three and zero count when your team is comfortably ahead. No, it doesn't define what comfortably is. Maybe yep. 11 runs isn't comfortable. Don't do not spend your time admiring a home run you hit. Do not steal bases if your team is ahead by a significant amount. Do not swing at the first pitch of the at bat if the pitcher has allowed back to back home runs. I've never. Heard I know, of that. right? I know. I'm just going to repeat that. Do not swing at the first pitch of the at-bat if the pitcher has allowed back-to-back home runs. Interesting. Do not work the count if your team is winning or losing by a significant amount. Do not rub the spot where, you hit, where you're hit you hit by a pitch. So Kevin Pillar shouldn't have rubbed his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Do not walk in front of a catcher or umpire when walking into the batter's box. Do not stand in the dirt near home plate when the pitcher is warming up. Do not assist a member of the opposing team. Do not speak to a pitcher who is in the process of throwing a no-hitter. Or for the pitcher, a pitcher who is removed from the game in the middle of an inning must stay in the dugout until the end of the inning. A pitcher should not indicate displeasure if one of his fielders commits an error. That should be called the Dave Steve rule. And do not discuss a no-hitter that is currently in progress. Okay, so those are the ones that Wikipedia says exist. So what do you think? Yeah, so... You'll notice that one of them was um, was a little bit contradictory, right? What's it that? says, don't work the count if your team is ahead by a significant margin. But don't swing at a 3-0 pitch. But don't swing at a 3-0 pitch, <laughs> <laughs> which would then work the count. <laughs> uh, see, and that's, and that's the thing, right? Like, I get sportsmanlike conduct. I understand that, right? So... <laughs> And, and we should, and because let's put this in context, our softball team is usually pretty bad. Yeah. We're the team that's usually getting trounced, yeah. right, by 30 runs. So we, we know about good sportsmanship. Yeah, and, and, we, and, we, and the odd time where we're crushing a team, we're the type of team that's like, all right, you know, like, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to force an extra base, right? I'm not no. going to try to make the team make a throw. And 
it's like if it's a it's if it's a solid double then it's a double but i'm not going to try to strip it and trip it i'm not going to go slide into third i'm not going to stretch basically to right field i'm not going to start to stretch it to a to to second the guy misplays it in right field i'm going to stay at first yeah right okay yeah things like that i get that um but then you get to a certain point where like i mean if i'm uh, like in this situation, I get the manager would be upset because the guy ignored the sign that was given to him. You specifically said, don't swing. That's the manager's call. And as a player, you're supposed to follow what your manager wants you to do. Right. But I don't think you should be mad at him for swinging at a pitch because that's his job as a hitter (laughs) is to hit. Like, yeah. And if the other team doesn't want him to th- to hit a home run then you shouldn't have put somebody on the mound that's going to throw 47 mile an hour meatballs either yeah so and that's that's kind of way I'm, I'm kind of looking at it because to me that's 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 defeating baseball baseball is you go you swing you hit or the other team's pitching trying to strike you out i 100 agree and i i think this whole, uh, I think MLB started this new promotion, let the kids play, yeah. you know, this new generation of baseball. And let's face it, the, the one, the one, the one rule I just read, the don't, don't, you know, you shouldn't uh, show up a home run basically. Right. Yeah. What does everybody do now? Yeah. You had, you had, you had Marcelo Zuna taking a selfie, a pretend selfie running down first base after he hits a home run when he's down by five runs. Yeah. Like, so you have, you know, it's funny how this is a big controversy when Jose Batista yeah. flips his bat in the now, craziest inning in the ever, ever. <laughs> and now it's tab and that, and that was taboo. Now was it's taboo. Yeah. Now it's commonplace. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're unwritten for a reason. Yeah. They're not rules. I mean, there's sportsmanship, but I, I mean, I think it, I think it comes down to what the type of person you want to be. Right. And it's the sportsmanship you want to show. I, yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're up by 15 runs, you're not going to steal a base. Right. I mean, that's, 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 that's a little too much, I think, but I agree with you. If you're, if you got a position player up there throwing a meatball on three and i I'm getting paid millions of dollars to hit baseballs out of the stadium. Yeah. I'm going to hit a home run because what do the fans want to see? Do they want to see a three and one count and me pop up the ball? Cause I'm trying to not hit a home run. Or, or do they, they want to see the guy hit a home run, even because it's 15 to four? Well, and the fans don't want to see a position player pitch. No. Well, depends, I guess. Who <laughs> <it is. laughs> if, you, if you're the team hitting and you're you're cheering for them, yay. <laughs> yeah. It's a 47 I mean, hour mile an hour meatball. <laughs> let's be honest. Most of the time, I haven't seen, most of the time I see position players come to the game, they actually do pretty well. Some of them do, yeah. Because they're throwing, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour. And guys are used to now facing 95 miles an hour. Yeah. So that's, you just, I mean, it's hard to adjust, right? And there's no scouting report on Ryan Goins. <laughs> no, exactly. And see, and that's, so there's, there's something, right? And that's, and they say they want to put a position player because they want to save the bullpen. But Ryan Goins pitched an inning. Yeah. He was throwing about 90, 91 miles an hour, which is pretty good. Yeah. And then went on the DL the day after because yeah. he uh, strained his forearm. And Jose Canseco, same thing. Remember, he went in that game with Texas and he hurt his, hurt his elbow when he was out for the season. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of these are, are, are old school. I'm a traditionalist. Like I've said before in this podcast, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of 
showing up a home run. I mean, I, I can see getting caught up in the moment and it happens, yeah. but like taking a selfie as you're walking to first base down by five runs. Well, and, and we'll and talk about yeah. Or, and it depends on the moment also, right? Exactly. If it's exactly. like if it's like a walk-off home run or it's like a tight game and you you just tied it up or whatever, fine. Show some emotion, you know, Absolutely. look at your look at your dugout and pump them up and run yep. around the bases, fine. Because you'll you'll see that pitchers do the same, right? They get a big strikeout and you see them pump their fist. Yeah. And yeah. And like, like an example is Amir Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> a, a great segue. So we'll talk about that too, since this is kind of part and parcel, right? Yeah. So Amir Garrett uh, gets off his five game suspension uh, today and he was at, well, I thought, you know what? You found the story. You go, you go, you go ahead. Yeah. So he, he was suspended uh, for essentially starting a brawl. He was chirping at the Cubs uh, first baseman, Anthony Rizzo, after he struck him out. And Rizzo kind of looked at him confused. And then Amir Garrett's the type of guy who just mad dogs an entire dugout and essentially starts chirping at them. And then of course, uh, I think it was Javier Baez who started chirping back. And then the bench is clear. There's a lot of talking, pushing, shoving, and things like that happening. So he was suspended for essentially inciting that brawl. So he comes out of his suspension and he says, well, I, what I learned from my suspension is that I guess I won't have fun. Now there's a difference between having fun as in pumping your fist after a big strikeout or pimping a home run after a nice home run or, or something like that. But inciting a brawl shouldn't be fun. Right. And I mean, and we said there's, there's a time and a place for it, right? Yeah. Jose Batista, that seventh inning playoff, there, that was a time for it. When you're losing the game and you're a relief, you're a nobody relief pitcher, and you struck out Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, and, and, you're, and telling, you're telling him off. Yeah, like, and 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 let's let's face it. All right, so Amir Garrett, um, his stats aren't exactly sparkling. <laughs> um, he's got a 7.94 ERA um, uh, through 11 pitch, uh, 11 innings pitched. Um, he's got, uh, let's see nine walks in 11 innings pitched and he's a reliever. So it's not like he's a starter where he's pitching a ton of innings. Like, like and I, like I'll, I'll fault, I'll fault the Cubs on this too. There was no reason to, to, to leave the dugout. Like this guy's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like just laugh it off. And that's what Rizzo did. Yeah. Like he, he was trash talking after he struck out Rizzo, he's trash talking him. And then Rizzo's kind of like, a, you're losing. Why are you doing this? And, and B, you're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and Amir Garrett is the same guy that charged, I think it was the Pirates dugout a couple years ago yeah. where yeah, he charged right at the whole dugout. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, this guy's got a bad attitude. That's he's not got, fun. That's not fun. No, no. He's, he's, he, he's, he's all talker. And he's, I don't know if he's just trying to make a name for himself, but he's with an ERA over seven. I don't think he's going to be in the majors very much longer. So, yeah. Maybe he'll have fun somewhere else. In the well, he's got high velocity, so of course he's going to stick around. <laughs> he's going to stick around, hit plunking people. <laughs> Speaking of high velocity and plunking people, this is not no, This wasn't a good segue, but anyways, <laughs> another no hitter in Major League Baseball last night. Spencer yeah. Turnbull uh, of the Tigers, the same guy. I think he's won nine games in his Major League career. I think he's nine and twenty-four or something. I think he had the most losses. Last yeah. like was um, anybody like, that's ever thrown a no hitter. Yeah, three and seventeen, like three wins, seventeen losses. <laughs> like <laughs> that was a no hitter, and everybody's gonna be shocked when I announce who he threw the no hitter against. That's right, the Seattle Mariners. 
the Seattle Mariners, who are the Oprah Winfrey of no hitters, they've given up four no hitters in 170 games. Like their offense is like, you get a no hitter, you get a no hitter, you get a no hitter. They're and this is what we, we talked about this. Man, we're getting really good at predicting stuff. Uh, we talked about this last week. This is going to be the year of the no hitter. Yeah. And it's just and it's it's not like and, it, and to be honest, we're, I'm not taking any credit for being uh, a psychic here. Just look at the numbers. It's the lowest contact rate of any year in Major League Baseball history. That you <laughs> look at that stat and look at all the strikeouts, and you're, it doesn't take a genius to figure out there's going to be a lot of no hitters thrown. Yeah. When Spencer Turnbull can throw a no hitter, I mean, it's only a matter of time before someone in the. It's only a matter of time before Ross Stripling <laughs> or Tanner Rourke, like the Braves, throws a no hitter. I, I mean, not to take in. I mean, it's still. I mean, you're still going to make your pitches, but. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I don't know what to say here. I, I don't know if I wasn't, I was not surprised. Spencer, I wasn't, but I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. No. I mean, anybody now can, I think now is if you throw hard and you're on that night, you can throw a no hitter. And that's the thing is just having your, if you're, if you're hitting your spots and, and your stuff plays, then you're going to do well. Yeah. You're going to, in, in today's, in today's day and age, so there was the no hitter last night. And speaking of no hitters, uh, there's a guy who I wouldn't be surprised would throw a no hitter this year. And one of his teammates just got traded. So I bet you can guess who I'm going to be talking about. He also leads, leads the league in home runs. Shohei Otani. Exactly. This guy is in, you, you, you talked about him a lot before the season and uh, man, you were bang on. So right now he's, uh, he's got 14 home runs, which is first in the league. He's slugging 632. Slugging 632. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know what slugging percentages are, that's good. Yes. <laughs> it, and uh, he's, got, he's even got, just, just for fun, he's got six stolen bases, which is tied for 10. Well, that's uh, they were talking about that when the Jays played against them um, because he legged out a double, I think, in... And basically the, the announcers, like I think Buck says, well, if anybody was wondering about his foot speed, um, obviously that's no longer a secret. <laughs> he's fast. <laughs> and in pitching, he's got a 210 ERA, which is uh, seventh in the league. He's got a 36.4% strikeout rate, which is tied for fourth in the league. And opponents are batting a whopping 126 against him. Yeah. So basically it'd be like a lineup of Danny Jansen's. <laughs> against Shohei Otani. Like if, and I mean, if he, if he finishes like he's doing now, I mean, how do you not make him MVP? Exactly. It's, 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 uh, uh, he, he's, he's doing things that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. Right. And it's, it's fun to watch, right? Like it he's really is. I, I think it's great for baseball. The only thing like, I, I would hate to be Joe Madden. He, because the other day, I think last week, he actually pitched what he pitched eight innings, seven innings, and he seven went out innings. to play the, play, then he played the outfield. Yeah. Like, but man, like, what do you value more? Do you value his offense more? Or do you value his pitching more? Because I don't know, man. I think there's going to come a time where they're going to have to like make a decision. So here's the thing, right? If you have Otani on the mound and he's pitching well but you know that he's already given up a couple of hits against a specific batter as a manager 
you have a really unique opportunity to bring in a lefty, put Otani in the outfield, let the lefty finish whatever inning is, is then and put Otani back on the mound for the next inning. Yeah, I guess you could do that, right? That's I mean, an, I, I, it's an option for sure, especially if like they're getting crunch time for the playoffs and they need, yeah. you know, uh, I, I don't know how easy it'd be to keep his, his shoulder warm in the outfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's crunch time, they need, they need that arm. The only thing I say that's crunch time or the playoffs, I don't see the angels making the playoffs. No, I know. That's the thing. And it's, I feel bad because you've got some great players there that really deserve, like Trout deserves a playoff. <laughs> yeah, how does, how does a team with Trout, Otani and Rendon be this bad? I mean, yeah. It's obviously pitching, right? They they don't have, except for Otani. I, I don't know who else. I couldn't name another starter for the Angels. But yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, and then yeah, then Trout goes down with an injury. His calf. He's out what six weeks? I think they said six to nine. Yeah, which is really unfortunate. Um, Mike yeah, so Trout. We're, we're talking about the the Angels pitching. Um, yeah. So they've got a uh, they got <laughs> they got Dylan Bundy who's got an, a six oh two ERA. Andrew Heaney has got a 531 ERA. Griffin Canning has got a, a 478 ERA. Otani, 210. <laughs> and then Jose Quintana, who's at 853. The pitching is brutal. Well, I will never make fun of the Jays pitching again. No, right? I'm sure they would die to have that pitching, our pitching rotation right now. Yeah. When you look at, yeah, I mean, the, the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. By far, and this year he was having a monster year. I mean, he slumped a little bit, I think, in May, but slumping from Mike Trout was hitting low 300s. <laughs> uh, and then Otani, Rendon, and then they had Pujols. So this is a we talk about. So Pujols, we talked last week that uh, was given an unceremonious release from the Angels, is now signed with the LA Dodgers. Now I don't know about you, Ivan, but. I was surprised he signed with the National League team for one yes. to the Dodgers where Max Muncy's a first baseman. Yeah, I think uh, the stars aligned perfectly for Pujols in this situation. So the Dodgers right now are dealing with uh, Corey Seager being on the, uh, on the IL with a broken hand. So you know he's going to be away for a good three to four, maybe five weeks. So what they did is they moved their current second baseman, Gavin Lux, who's a young uh, prospect, a young stud. And uh, they moved him to shortstop. Muncy can also play second. So he's been playing second, which gives first base uh, an opening for, for Pujols to cover. So you know he's going to be playing pretty much full-time for the next four to five weeks. Right. And I think and after that, I think they'll spell off Muncy once in a while. Or if they want to give Pujols in a bat or two, they'll pull him at first and put Muncy at second. Yeah. I just, I was surprised he went to a National League team. I thought for sure he ended up somewhere in the American League as a DH or someone who needs a first baseman. Uh, he's, and I hope, I hope he puts up some numbers so he can sign another year contract next year and get a, you know, 700 home runs. I really do. Him, you know, it gives him new life out in LA. And this is where, again, uh, the, mis the uh, misinformation we get in baseball, I guess, because he signs, basically, when he signed with the Dodgers last week, he was going to be a, a bench player. Right. He wasn't signing to play every day. Yeah. And that was kind of the excuse the Angels gave, saying that he didn't want to be a bench player. He wanted to play every day. So they released him. Yeah. So someone's not telling the truth. 
exactly. It's, it's an odd situation that we have where you've got some very contradicting information. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I would suspect it's probably the angels. I think the angels just wanted to, to cut bait, have Jarrett Walsh play every day at first base and just kind of use the DH to, uh, to spell off some of their players. Tani, break. Yeah. Yeah, I know Tawny wants to be a DH pretty much full time whenever he's not pitching, right? So right. So I mean, I I think they tried to take the high road, and you know, but I, I that kind of backfired on them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we all I think we all, I think everybody hopes Pujols is such a good guy and a good player. I think he'll, uh, you know, I hope I hope he finds his stroke out in LA. And usually, there's two teams in baseball that seem to re- recycle players, and that's the Dodgers and the Yankees. Yeah. Somehow, when they get to the, when someone on the downslope of their career, they get to those two places, and all of a sudden they're back to being all stars. So, well, he's thirty-three home runs away from seven hundred. I hope he gets it. That's, I want him to reach seven hundred. Such a magical number. I mean, it really, is. to me, only two other players have gotten there: Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron. I'm not going to mention Big Head. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Bonds, and that's another. Maybe in the off season we'll have that topic about uh, Hall of Famers that guys that should be in the Hall of Fame, and we'll we'll discuss what we think of Barry Bonds. I, and as you can tell, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I forgot to mention this uh, while we were talking about the Blue Jays, just how good uh, talking about you know MVP candidates and how good Pujols uh, was and how good Trout is and Otani. Vladimir Guerrero's WAR is two point three. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean he's and we're like forty games in. And he's second among position players, right behind Mike Trout. Mike Trout, and tied with Xander Bogarts, the Red Sox shortstop. So if Mike, and and so here's the thing, right? So WAR takes in consideration defense, and usually uh, Vladdy's WAR was always kind of low, based on the fact that he was a really crappy defender. But I really think he's turning heads at first base. It. And we're, we're when we're talking about you know, the, the uh, left side of the infield and it's, they're kind of, you know, booting balls around. You're not saying that about the right side of the infield. Nope. And Vladdy, Vladdy looks good at first. He really does. Like he's, he's obviously caught on. He's learning from Luis Rivera. He's, you know, he's scooping balls out of the dirt. He's yeah. Yeah. I I think we said this earlier. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He gets a gold glove in his career at first base, the way he's playing now keeps his weight down. I mean, that's the, that's the big thing. Yep. And then uh, the Jays bullpen, I mentioned that earlier, uh, combined ERA of 3.11. I mean, that's just sick. Yeah. I mean, that's, we, we, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody saw that as, you know, the Jays strength going into the, going into the season, but in any event, moving on to a segment I like to call out of left field. And why do I call it out of left field? (laughs) Because it follows my favorite beer, left field brewery in Toronto, which I'm having one right now. The Greenwood IPA. So out of left field. So this week, Chris Bryant. Uh, so I'll, actually, I'll just back this up a bit. The Washington Nationals are playing against the Chicago Cubs. And Kyle Schwarber, who used to be the left fielder for the uh, the Chicago Cubs, kind of a roly-poly kind of soft. Uh, yeah. Soft. <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero size, kind of. A little bit. Maybe, maybe smaller than Vlad. In any event. He was a longtime Cub. He helped them win the World Series. He's now a Washington National. And I guess between innings, Chris Bryant, who's the third baseman of the Cubs, left a Twix bar <laughs> in left field for uh, 
for Kyle Schwarber to eat. And uh, anyway, I, I thought it was kind of funny and kind of odd. And when, so they asked, they asked uh, Chris Bryant why he left my Twix bar. He said, I just had a bunch of candy in my pocket. So I thought I'd leave him something. And so that begs, a, that begs the question, how, why does Chris Bryant have a bunch of candy in his pocket playing third base? <laughs> how is it not melted? And, uh, and the, the other thing he said, uh, they're actually thinking about giving him a Miller Lite <laughs> and leaving it out in left field. But they thought Major League Baseball would kind of frown on that. Well, Miller Lite is the official beer of the Major, Major League Baseball. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be, I, I thought, I think it'd be awesome. And imagine the sponsorship deals Kyle Schorberg would get if he's down in a Miller Lite in left field. But, <laughs> I mean, we do that in our slow pitch league, but we're, we're used to seeing cans being thrown onto the field. Kyle Schorberg would, t- would drink his beer and then throw it off the field. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you throw it back on the field. I don't know. Maybe you throw it at Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, maybe a Blue Jay. I, I don't know. What do you think of that? That would be amazing. Wouldn't that be great? They drafted him originally, yeah. but he didn't yeah. sign. No, he uh, took a year. He went to college instead. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we'll talk, well, I guess we'll talk about this closer to the trade deadline, obviously, but there'll be some players that I think will be available. And I think some Chicago Cubs will be available. Chris Bryant, the last year of his contract, third baseman. Jays could use a third baseman for the stretch run. Definitely good. Ross Atkins, you listening out there? Still, still fairly young. He's, uh, yeah, got good power numbers. Could control anything. You could sign in the off season, maybe. But anyways, yeah. I <laughs> move on to our next segment: blue chips and dip. This week, we're going to talk about Auto Man, Auto Lopez, Auto Lopez. Another great baseball name, right? Right. Yeah. Maybe the Jason's draft players because of their names. <laughs> Auto Lopez sounds like a ball player. He's 22 years old. He's five foot ten. Weighs 160 pounds, born in San Domingo, but raised in Montreal. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I had no idea he's got a Canadian connection. He was signed in 2016. And the 20, in 2017, in the Gulf Coast League, he batted 275 with a 361 and 360. And then the year after, he was the Class A batting champion. Yes. For all Class A ball. What do you bat? You think he batted 325 that year? Yep. Uh, apparently he does got, he, he's, he hits, uh, he hits well, obviously, uh, not so much for power hits more than, than power, but he's starting to put on a little bit of muscle. He is only 22, right? He's got some speed, uh, right now. They think they're looking at him to be, uh, what a shortstop third baseman, kind of a super utility player. I think they're saying, eh? Yeah. Cause he's so far he's played uh shortstop second base and corner outfields. Right. So he's got a strong arm. And they actually they, they added him to the forty man roster because they didn't want him to lose, they didn't want to lose him to the Rule Five draft, so which means they obviously think pretty highly of Mister Lopez. Yes. What do you think of Otto? I I, I like the kid. I mean, um, like he's still young and he's still raw. I mean, he's a Double A. Um, yep. This year will be telling because usually when you move up to Double A, um, this is where things kind of start to fall off unless you're Vladimir Guerrero. <laughs> right. Um. But so far this year, he's hitting 400. Yes, that's right, 400. Ted, uh, <laughs> Ted William numbers, and uh, he like like we said, he's not much of a power threat. Uh, he doesn't have any home runs yet, but he's got eight doubles. Wow! So he's one of those gap to gap kind of guys, and if he's got the speed, he could be one of those doubles, triples. He might only get like 10, 12 home runs a year, but he might have 10, 12 triples a year. Who knows, right? I, yeah, I can see him. I think they're going to groom him to be that, that super utility kind of guy. 
uh, which I mean, if you if you can play all three, and that's the that's typical baseball now, right? We don't have a guy designated for that one one specific spot. We have the guy that can play a bunch of different positions. Um, and sorry, I'm a little distracted because I just took a look at the score right now in the Jays game, and it's yeah, not pretty Jays fans. Yeah, they just hit another home run, I think. Eh? Yeah, it's six one. Six uh, one for the Red Sox. Oof. Top of the six. Ross Stripling is not having a good game. No, yeah, it's only the it's only the second inning. Holy moly! Yeah, this is uh, a lot of time to come back. <laughs> uh, anyways, maybe we'll see a position player come in and <laughs> give up a three zero home run. <laughs> so, what do they? Uh, I think this week they obviously they finish up the series. This will be this. I think this is be a really telling week for the Blue Jays. Uh, coming up because they finish off with the red, the first place Red Sox, Tampa you know, Bay, not looking good this game. Yeah, Tampa Bay, and then Yankees. the Yankees. So that's going to be that's three division interdivision games. The the nice thing is I think the Jays are going to be happy. This is their last homestand in Dunedin. Yeah, and he, and you can tell why they don't want to stay there for the whole. Well, you, you could see the the fact that the 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 sun is affecting the left fielder center fielder because there's no third deck there, right? It's like that's brutal. It is brutal. It's it's and I, I know people don't don't watch us play slow pitch every week, but uh, when we when we did play slow pitch, remember those days? Yeah, man, I remember those days. I mean, it's <laughs> there's a field we play on. It's like this backfield of a school, and uh, if you're playing first base, is yeah. fa- the first base is facing west. So when the sun sets, it is right in your face. And uh, that that when when I watched a, a ball hit to left field and Guriel basically was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where is it? I don't <laughs> it's know, somewhere else? around here. Anybody? Like Guriel might as well have a like a white cane and some glasses out there, mm-hmm. maybe a guide dog because he can't see anything. It's it's awful. He's uh, the sun is blinding him. Yeah. And then um, a couple of games ago, I think uh, Grichik ball hit to center field, and then it was yeah, windy that day. On top of that. He had so no idea where it was. He had no idea where it was, and it landed he, like 30 feet away from him. He went to his right, <laughs> right? He went to his right, and it went away like 50 yards to his left. It was funny. You, yeah. you never see that in Major League Baseball. At least they're around the ball, not even close this time. But anyways, like I, like I was saying, in our field, there's a first base faces west, and that, and that when that sun starts to set. Uh, and he's from ball, third base. Oh, and he falls from shorter third, like – Here's a story. Here's a, here's a, here's a softball story. So we were playing a team. Uh, some guys I know pretty well against a team where against a team where we were playing against a team that are some guys I knew pretty well. And this one guy wanted to play first base and he guys, he's usually a catcher, but he wanted to play the infield. So they finally said, sure. And it's one of these games, the sun's sun setting. And I play for, I was playing first base for a while. So I know how bad it was. I always make sure to wear my sunglasses, but even with good sunglasses, you still, it's hard to track that ball. And uh, sure enough, like as luck would have it, this guy is playing first base. The ball, the very first batter, first pitch hits a ball to third, third base, and throws it to first. He puts his glove out, and I'll never. <laughs> it looked like Kevin Pillar getting hit. In the face. It like made that, that wet crack sound. Exactly that sound. And he put his glove out. It didn't even hit his glove. Like just hit him straight, straight in the face. And uh, ugh, ugh, one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in baseball. But. Uh, not that's probably the second second ball I've ever seen someone get hit in the face for the best the best one. <laughs> While we're talking, the best one I ever saw was uh, actually it was women's slow pitch. And this 
I've never seen a girl with such a strong arm before in my life. I mean, she's got a cannon. She's left left field, and there's a girl on third. So sure enough, fly ball to left field. She even camps under it like a major leaguer. You know, they're taking a couple steps back so she can go in and throw it to home. She uh, this girl's at third base. She tags up in this fly ball. It's left fielder grabs it, throws it, and she's at Terry or Terry Fox Complex, a baseball field in Sudbury. Halfway in the outfield, she grabs it, throws it home without a bounce, without a bounce, hits the catcher straight in the face. <laughs> like, a, she would have been out by the third base. The girl on third would have been out by at least five feet, like not even close. But instead, the catcher had two black eyes and bloody nose and blood everywhere. And <laughs> the left fielder felt so bad. She was crying. Yeah, that was awful. It's like, hey, you made the perfect throw. No, that's what I said. I'm like, <laughs> don't be upset. You made this beautiful throw. I mean, she would have caught it. She would have been out. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of hitting somebody and yeah. crying, um, oh, <laughs> where is this, this going? I think, I think it was it was a young man on our team. He was making the throw. He was playing outfield, not very, not very uh, used to playing ball. You could tell he was pretty much, you know, a rookie at ball. Catches the ball, throws it to second, hits the runner, <laughs> running to second, right on the top of the head. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you remember that. No, I, I barely. I think it was your nephew. My oh yeah. <laughs> yes that's right that is alex yeah yeah good, good arm <laughs> good arm and he felt so bad and we we're like alex you made the perfect throw yeah that's right i remember that yeah it was it was a great throw it was yeah he's with uh our our team's fun to watch I hope yeah our, yeah i can't wait to play again <laughs> i hope it's this year but uh, uh yeah anyway so this week's gonna be telling me for the jays i think uh it's gonna be a good good uh good week of baseball all around any last final comments there, Ivan? No, no. I'm just hoping uh, that uh, Stripling comes out of the game and uh, <laughs> we can salvage this one a little bit. The, the, the I, Jays, so. I think the Jays have the most runs after the seventh inning this year. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. So we, they're never really out of it. Like this is pretty bad, but I've seen them make a pretty decent comeback on a, on a big deficit. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I hope... Uh, Maybe it's just this. This would be the ultimate comeback. It would be, oh. especially against the uh, the Red Sox. The Red Sox are a good team. I'd like to see them win. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice, especially uh, when you're down by six runs already in the uh, second inning. But, uh, but anyways, we'll uh, I guess we'll talk to everybody next week. For uh, for myself and Ivan, have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in episode number fourteen. See you next week.